It's gonna be weird. Yes. Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. And, and we're, we're Sonosphere. Sonosphere. You're listening to WYXR. 91.7 on your FM dial. Welcome to Sonosphere. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. So welcome to our second show here on WYXR. I hope all has been well with you since our last broadcast. We, uh, we couldn't be more excited for today's show. Sonosphere explores the sounds all around us through art and music history, interviews with composers, record label owners, musicologists, and more. Last week, we featured an interview with abstract turntablist Maria Chavez and vocalist Christina Carter. Today, we will continue our journey through exploring the record player. You will hear some music from Cut Chemist, Handel, Lee Scratch Perry, Cab Calloway, Grandmaster Flash, and so many others during the next hour. Let's continue on our journey about the evolution of the vinyl record player. Shifting our focus to the DJ and how they grew and transformed the music industry using an etched disc and the phonograph. Disc jockeys played a crucial role in evolving this medium. Without an audience, the vinyl record is insignificant. Around 1897, inventor Guglielmo Marconi laid the groundwork for the future of radio. He is credited with the creation of wireless telegraphy. He successfully showcased his creation for the Italian government, sending a signal across a distance of 12 miles. And in 1899, he set up a wireless network across the English Channel, connecting England and France. I do. Uh, I would like to mention. I I think that um, disc jockey has a connotation that can be taken either way. Um, it could either be a slight, as in, you know, gaining popularity through the disc, as in riding them, such as a jockey, or in a term uh, maybe a little bit more technical, as in, you know, just jockeying disc uh, very smoothly back and forth, maybe winning the race in the end. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> well, hey, uh, in 1900, he actually took his famous patent number 7777, for tuned or syntonic telegraphy, this determined to prove that wireless waves were not affected by the curvature of the Earth. He used a system for transmitting the first wireless signals across the Atlantic, all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland, a distance of 2,100 miles. The first intersection of the phonograph and radio waves was in 1906. On Christmas Eve, Reginald A. Fassenden transmitted music and speech from Boston to United Fruit Company ships that he had previously installed proper receivers aboard. He recited, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men of good will. And according to Fassenden, he performed Silent Night on the violin and poorly sang the words in accompaniment. He continued to broadcast on his ediphone cylinder. Later, the first record transcendent broadcast was Ombra Maifu from Handel's Xerxes.
Lee DeForest furthered the future of radio music. On January 13, 1910, tenor Enrico Caruso prepared to perform an entirely new activity, sing opera over the airwaves. Broadcasting his voice from the Metropolitan Opera House to locations throughout New York City, DeForest suspended microphones above the Opera House stage and in the wings and set up a transmitter and antenna. A flip of a switch and magically sent forth sound. In San Jose, Sybil Herald had a show called The Little Ham Program. She would play records borrowed from local record shops. The youth showed enthusiasm for her programming, and this immediately led to a rise in record sales. DJs are tastemakers and gatekeepers of popular music, and this is traced back to the earliest radio stations. In the 1950s, both Rufus Thomas and Riley King were disc jockeys at WDIA right here in Memphis. The advent of Shellac Records, which we talked about on the last show, had begun to push out the live performances on radio. Nat D. Williams, a Memphis high school teacher and disc jockey, pushed Jive Talk Radio into the mainstream. The new Memphis sound, they called it, was ushered in by WDIA, the first black-owned station opening in 1949. Brought forth the likes of Bobby Blubland, B.B. King, and Rufus Thomas. Now... We're going to hear from Rufus Thomas. This song is called The 60 Minute Man right here on WYXR.
All right, you're tuned in to Saunasphere on WYXR 91.7 FM, and thanks for having us. <laughs> We're here on our second show. Uh, last uh, show, we talked about the evolution of the record player, and we are continuing that conversation right here today. And we just heard from Syl Johnson there with Concrete Reservation. We also talked. Uh, we also heard from Bobby Blueland with Turn On Your Love Light. And we started off with Rufus Thomas because we were talking about the early disc jockeys at WDIA. So we'll return now on how radio broadcasts continued to evolve. Right, Chris? Yes. So the first instances of broadcast music in the 1920s were referred to as wireless concerts. Broadcasters would place a microphone over musicians and send out their live performances to the masses, just as DeForest did a decade prior. Though... Most stations could be looked at in the same vein as today's podcast medium. People would start stations to talk about whatever they fancied, including doctors talking about hygiene, farmers talking about the weather, and other businesses just chatting along. Chatting away. Well, in 1927, BBC allowed Christopher Stone to broadcast a program consisting entirely of records, which was an immediate success. In America, live broadcasts were encouraged, but small stations could not afford live performances, so they often faked it. Musicians were in an uproar over DJs playing records. A common theme of technological advancement in music and entertainment is musicians' fear of replacement. Before vinyl and radio, the public's access to the music was solely live performance. Musicians went as far as striking in 1942 over DJs and their right to play records. They were successful, though, in obtaining a better percentage of the royalties. This went even further when ASCAP and BMI came into play, both securing monetary compensation for the playing of registered songs. Radio stations then agreed to pay fees ranging from $500 to $5,000 in ASCAP and BMI fees for the use of their recordings. As smaller stations could not sustain themselves with these fees, we see the invention of the vinyl record as we know it today. A cheaper alternative was created by recording onto lightweight vinyl light, as they called it, in short, the vinyl record. These were known as electronic transcriptions, and they were recorded to mimic live performances in order to avoid litigation. Using the record player as live entertainment is commonplace, but early on it was reserved for the home and office. Jimmy Saville, who could not be forgiven for his atrocious alleged crimes, is remembered as an important figure in propelling live DJing. One account says that his first dance was for six couples and he played uh, records on a turntable with a homemade pickup. This performance ended with his friend that assembled the contraption getting shocked while the record player slowly melted. Later, Seville decided to host a dance that featured him playing records on two turntables to eliminate lag in between songs. Again, musicians feared their livelihoods were being threatened. So today, we're about to play Cut Chemist's album, Sound of the Police. On this album, he used only one turntable, a loop pedal and a mixer. And when I saw him live in L.A., while his turntable didn't melt... My face did, right, Chris? <laughs> so it was a fun show. He was, you know, up there moving records around quick as, quick as he can on one table. So here we are. Cut Chemist, Sound of the Police.
you love me. Raised by Sound, you're tuned into WYXR 91.7 on your FM dial or wherever you are on, I guess, tune in or wherever you are on your device. WYXR.org. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. This is Sonosphere, and my name is Amy, and I'm here with Chris, and we're going over the evolution of how the record player and turntables were used uh, throughout history. And we just heard some blues we heard john lee hooker with boom boom before that was coco taylor with wang dang doodle and we also heard who else did we hear before that some uh john uh, well cut chemists we heard some cut chemists man sound of the police (laughs) sound of the police uh so yeah we're gonna go back down why were we listening to blues and and juke Uh, point we're gonna gonna, gonna bring it we're gonna bring it home okay (laughs) or close to home i should say so being in the delta we're familiar with the juke joint 
A juke joint was ruled by the jukebox. With pr- the proper ensemble of records, the jukebox could keep the night rolling clear to the morning. Bar owners sought jukeboxes due to the money that could be saved not paying live performers. Jukeboxes sustained club life throughout the Depression. Club and bar owners could curate the music themselves, thus tailoring jukeboxes for their specific establishment. Nightlife was not the only place suited for a jukebox. By placing them in diners and drugstores, owners appealed to the youth. The communal experience of music was now accessible and affordable. In France, discotheques were in vogue. Supposedly deriving from sailors housing their records at cafes while they were at sea, they would gather in these spots and listen to their records when they were home. A curious rebellion took place during the Nazi occupation of France, where kids called them, calling themselves Zazu, which was interpreted from a Cab Calloway song, which we'll hear later, defied authorities and held dances. They would play swing records in cafes, often provoking beatings by the government. Whiskey a go-go was said to have housed the first jukebox in France. Jazz was continually playing. Chez Regine was one of the first establishments in France built to play recorded music. Celebrities came in droves to dance the night away. Regine Zilberberg donned herself the first and only queen of the night. She would later open clubs across the pond in New York. And now we're here, Just We Swing, which is by the uh, Zazu, it came from the Zazu folks, right here on WYXR. La musique nègre et le jazz hot sont déjà de vieilles machines. Maintenant, pour être dans la note, il faut du swing. Le swing n'est pas une mélodie, le swing n'est pas une maladie, mais aussitôt qu'il vous a plu, il vous prend une flash du vent. Je le pimente d'un tas de petits trucs autour Je suis swing, je suis swing T'es gentil comme tout Afin de chanter à l'opéra, j'allais voir le directeur Je voulais chanter la traviata en ré majeur Il m'a d'abord interrogé Est-ce que vous êtes du nord léger Pas chantant tout bariton, j'ai répondu Ah mais non, je suis swing Quand je chante un petit refrain, j'épouvante la concierge et les voisins. Moi, je suis swing, je suis swing, zazou, zazou, je suis heureux comme tout. J'ai pour maîtresse Béatrice, je suis le père de son enfant. Avec Simone, j'ai eu deux fils, en a rien de temps. Le mois dernier, avec Zouzou, j'ai eu quatre enfants d'un seul coup. C'est pas que je le fasse exprès, seulement qu'est-ce que vous voulez Je suis swing, je suis swing, zazou, 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 Je suis swing, oh, je suis swing, c'est fou, c'est fou que ça peut me briser. Un spirisme l'a révélé, c'est le rythme qui fait ainsi m'emballer. Oh, je suis swing, je suis swing, ça doute, ça doute, ça doute, je m'amuse. 
to leave your papa all alone. Sometimes I was cruel and true. But mama, your sweet papa, never two times you boo hoo. I'm blue, so I'm coming to me like a little wild. Field Street, mama, don't you mess around with me. There's fancy petting and I can get Tennessee to worship I still get my sweet cookies constantly, but not the kind you serve to me.
All right, you're tuned in to Saunasphere right here on WYXR 91.7. My name is Amy, and I'm here with Chris, and we are going through the history of turntablism and record players and vinyls as a medium of music making. We just heard from Count Basie and his orchestra with Avenue C. We heard Cab Calloway before that with Beale Street Mama, and we also heard Je Suis Swing. Right now we're listening to Lee Scratch Perry because we are about to go down to the Caribbean. Chris, tell us what's happening. So, reggae took the record to new heights. DJs took records and removed the vocals and separated every strand of sound and built it up again. In Jamaica, records would be stripped down and manipulated to extremes. Utilizing mixers and playback machines as instruments, reggae artists altered the perception of the record. Preemptive to hip-hop, reggae set the standard on samples and scratching records, as well as layering vocals on top of instrumental music. All right, so we're going to continue listening to Lee Scratch Perry here and a couple others coming up right here on Sonosphere on WYXR.
right, y'all. Here we go. You just clap your hands and you stomp your feet because you're listening to the sound of the shows you need. I'm the K-I-N-G, the T-I-M, King Jim the Third, and I am him. Just me, Fat Fat, and the crew, we're doing it all. You. We're strong as an ox and tall as a tree. We can rock it so viciously. We throw the highs in your eyes, the bass in your face. We're the funk machines that rock the human race. Skate down, boogie shot. Come on, girl, let's do the rock. Slam, dunk, do the jerk. Let me see your body work. All right, all right. You're tuned in to Sonosphere right here on WYXR 91.7. We are covering today the history of turntablism and record players and vinyl and the use of music making. And we are listening to the Fatback Kid, or the Fatback Band right now, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Heavily sampled, definitely, by uh, DJ Cool Herc, which we'll talk about soon. Uh, But we also heard from uh, Lee Scratch Perry uh, before that with Cutthroat and also King Tubby with Keep On Dubbing. All right. So... As we continue on here, uh, hip-hop built upon the uh, techniques um, of scratching and a lot of the techniques that uh, musicians in Jamaica were doing with dub. And the DJ is pillar, is the pillar of hip-hop. DJs in Brooklyn transformed crates of disco, Motown, and soul records into unique bodies of work. Playing specific sections of songs cut together driven by bouncing beats, these DJs created an art form. DJ Cool, Herc popularized breakbeats. He would play certain sections of a record, play clap your hands, stomp your feet, over and over again, and the response to this technique was massive. Grandmaster Flash was the master of the breakbeat. He tied his beats together with a clean precision making complete works, not just dancehall music. Flash took the DJing style of disco and Herc's use of breakbeats shaped the future of hip-hop. And we're going to hear a little bit of a segment from DJ Revolution and go into a little bit of Herc's instrumental stuff. Why is um, Cool Herc known as a godfather? He's of the first one. Why? Just tell us the story. Hip hop can be traced. The roots of hip hop can be traced back years into different generations, into different genres of music, different cultures. But hip hop, as we know it as today, we know it. Yeah, mm-hmm. as we know it, as DJing, MCing, MCing. the 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 um. The breakdancing, mm-hmm. graphic, hip hop in that in that sense of the word is a whole new culture that we, our generation, right. started. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Cool Herc was the starting point from exactly. there. How right. did he make it a study? He he was the first DJ to come outside and play out in the parks and stuff and bring the kind of music that would turn into what we call hip hop today.
Tune in to Talk Memphis tonight with JB and Robbie from 7 to 9, where they will interview Stone Crush Artists, which is a compilation of 70s and 80s disco artists from the area. Daniel Mathis, who brought this record to life, will also be in the house, so make sure you tune in because that'll be a fantastic conversation. You're tuned into Sonosphere here on WYXR 91.7. So the legacy of the record player and vinyl records is not limited to what we have spoken about today. There's plenty more to cover, but alas, our time is near to end. So thanks for joining us today. My name is Amy. And I'm Chris. Um, Tune in next week to Sonosphere, and uh, we're not sure what we're going to give you, but uh, we have some uh, surprises in store uh, for sure. And uh, tune in to Riding with Rhythm, Riding the Rhythm next week. Riding in Rhythm. In Rhythm. I am sorry. (laughs) With Jim Duckworth right now. All right. Thanks for tuning in.